0: Good evening and welcome to the show. Well, the $368 billion AUKUS submarine deal, the biggest military deal in Australia's history, received almost universal praise from commentators last week. Make no mistake, this is real history, said the Australian's foreign editor, Greg Sheridan. A great national project, said former Prime Minister Tony Abbott, A historic breakthrough, said Paul Kelly, also in The Australian, one of the most significant security pacts in modern history, said the British edition of The Spectator, and securing securing not just the alliance, but our place as a Pacific power for generations to come, said Nine Political editor Charles Croucher, as he reported the deal from San Diego. But buried at the bottom of one story on the weekend by geopolitical consultant and Lowy Institute fellow Alan Dupont was this comment, quote, in an earlier, more optimistic era, Australians united behind the Snowy Mountains scheme. Can a more divided, pessimistic Australia do the same and unite behind AUKUS? Some think not, but failure is not an option. Well, there's a lot to unpack from this, not least of which is is that failure is definitely an option to the people who will eventually pay for the deal. The subs will be delivered over a roughly 20 year period from 2030, by which time most of the people who negotiated the deal or are praising it will be retired. The subs will be, will be paid for mostly by Australians who are now in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and their perception of Australia is vastly different to yours and mine. Here's a sample. New New South Wales, Wales. first stolen in 1788. This was once a small penal colony racked by shitfuckery. Today, thanks to us, it's a thriving modern state racked by shitfuckery. Need to create a cushy job for yourself once you quit politics? Rort bushfire funds for political gain? Arrest peaceful protesters? Or sick the anti-terror police onto a pesky journo? Come to New New South Wales. Wales This isn't some fringe undergraduate project. It's by the Juice Media which has 924,000 subscribers on YouTube, and the video, which went up three days ago, has already been seen more than 360,000 times. That's almost certainly many times more than the number of young people who have studied the AUKUS deal, let alone support it. A recent survey found that few of these people are militarily minded. A year ago, the Institute of Public Affairs asked Australians if they would stay and defend their country should it be invaded, as Russia had just done in Ukraine. Of the crucial fighting age cohort, aged 18 to 24, 32% said they would would stay and fight, 28% were undecided, undecided, and a massive 40% said they'd rather dance to doof music on a beach in the Mediterranean. And why wouldn't they? These people have just emerged or recently emerged from 12 years in the Australian education system, which has taught them that modern Australia is an illegitimate state founded 244 years ago by an invasion that destroyed millennia of continuous cultural harmony with the environment and that our reliance on fossil fuels is now cooking the planet to the point of inhabitability. Add to that the decreasing likelihood that any of this age group will own their own home, thanks to baby boomers sitting on a decreasing supply of housing, and that their exposure to social media has turned them into a generation of narcissists And you can see why there is a widespread reluctance to fight for, well, fight for what? This puts the Australian Navy in a bind. It needs young people to man or person these new subs, but it's a tough sell. So last week it released this recruitment campaign.
1: Stories you'll share. Are all about people. Who you did it for. And who you got to do it with. No matter how extraordinary the thing. Sometimes the greatest stories, they come from the smallest moments.
0: It's not about defending the nation from evil invaders who wish us harm. It's about going overseas with your friends and helping third-world villagers survive a fire of some kind. In the 1980s, the Navy was looking for a different type of recruit. We now
1: the gas no, Go
0: third away. Very Navy strong. Navy
1: proud. Navy means you stand out from the crowd. So don't take the right Baby
0: knows the pride of the Don't take the ride if you can't take the heat. Well, therein lies the dramatic shift that the AUKUS subs deal overlooks. We are currently in a Cold War with China, which has over the past couple of decades undergone the fastest military buildup in history. The last time we faced down this kind of thing was against the Soviet Union from 1947 to 1991, but the Western alliance of those days is almost unrecognizable today. In March 1987, for example, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher was invited onto Soviet television to describe how well her nuclear disarmament negotiations with Russian President Mikhail Gorbachev were going. Я не сомневаюсь в том,
1: как вы мне ответите.
0: Я
1: ценю мир, свободу, справедливость прежде всего. И поскольку я считаю, что ядерное сдерживание мешает кому-либо начать крупную войну, думаю, надо сохранить ядерное сдерживание. Кроме того, есть еще одна причина для малых стран, таких как наша. Чтобы вы более полно рассказали о том, что вы думаете вот, о, о том, что мы называем перестройкой Во-первых, сейчас ваше общество становится все более и более открытым Все более открыто обсуждаете различные вопросы. И это часть и нашей веры в свободу речи, вероисповедания, свободу отношений. Более открытое общество. Вы обсуждаете это все так же, как и мы.
0: Вам становится легче определять, что происходит
1: на самом деле. В том, что касается перестройки, тут можно идти двумя путями. Либо у вас будет полностью централизованная система, где будет определяться, что производить, как производить и сколько это будет стоить, но, в общем-то, это не дает наилучших результатов, как вы это обнаружили, потому что вы не платите людям за лучшую работу. С другой стороны, можно иметь общество, где будут стимулы. Чем больше работаешь, тем больше получаешь. И нужно признать, что люди работают не только ради своей страны, но и для своей семьи. Они хотят более высокий уровень жизни. И они, если увидят, что стоит работать, они будут лучше работать. Имеется много теорий, политических теорий. Я хотела бы, чтобы их было меньше. Независимо от того, какой теории придерживаться, никто, никакой компьютер не может учесть все условия в такой большой стране, как Советский Союз. Все особенности в различных республиках.
0: 120 million Soviet citizens watched that powerful and persuasive performance, and it was one of the key moments in the peaceful dismantling of the Soviet Union. The other key moment was this one. Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down this wall. Gorbachev himself was impressed by Western society at the time, recalling in his memoirs, quote, My previous belief in the superiority of socialist democracy over the bourgeois system was shaken as I observed the functioning of civic society. In the West, he refers to, people there lived in better conditions and were better off than in our country. Modern Western leaders don't talk with the sort of confidence that would sway our adversaries anymore. Thatcher's comparison between the centralized and the incentive society, is almost never explained these days. Western culture itself has become dependent on the state for safety, and our politicians seem to be taking their orders from the World Economic Forum. By contrast, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping's ambitions are based on the idea of restoring their nation's rightful glory at our expense, and we are less and less inclined to stop them. The war in Ukraine is a good example. This is increasingly a proxy war for the West, including Australia, which has pledged millions of dollars, coal and military equipment to the Ukrainians. But as the conflict grinds past its first anniversary and to a point where neither side can afford to lose, where's the exit strategy for us? This, of course, benefits China, Russia's ally, Because it depletes our military and drains our resolve, such as it is, to fight at a time when China's threat to start a bigger blue in the Pacific draws closer. Having said that, though, there was one moment recently when a Western leader was on the same path of peaceful detente as Thatcher and Reagan were with Gorbachev. It was this moment. But nothing Donald Trump does these days is seen by the authorities in the United States as even approaching virtuousness. To the contrary, Donald Trump today announced that he expects to be arrested this week on charges relating to paying hush money to a prostitute. Trump has asked his supporters to protest if it happens. Naturally, the media is more interested in this than the whereabouts of the $3 million that were paid to the U.N. Biden family in March 2017, less than two months after Joe Biden left office as Barack Obama's vice president. The New York Post, one of the few outlets to cover it, said last week, quote, The windfall was subsequently divvied up over a period of about three months to at least three members of the Biden clan and two Biden family associates. The flaws in our system have never been more disturbing. The temptation to despair is often overwhelming. Never mind the young people conditioned by our education system to be unpatriotic and by social media to be narcissistic, patriotism itself is also under pressure. Who would fight to defend a system that is so brazenly corrupt and broken? Or, to put it another way, which of the commentators who are so excited about the $368 billion AUKUS alliance? were speaking up for Australian citizens' freedom of speech, movement and medical autonomy during the COVID pandemic. The answer is zero. None of them were. Thatcher and Reagan fought the first Cold War because they were defending freedom. The West abandoned much of that in the past three years, handing decision-making processes to the World Health Organization, Big farmer and other nefarious globalists. New examples of our diminishing freedom come at us thick and fast, and from unexpected places. On the weekend, Victorian State Liberal MP Moira Deeming attended a rally in support of British women's rights campaigner Kelly J. Keene, otherwise known as Posey Parker, who is delivering public addresses in Australia, specifically saying that men can never be women, and that men who believe so, enda- men who believe they can be women, endanger women. Until recently, this was a perfectly uncontroversial thing to say, but the rally was interrupted by a group of men dressed in black doing Nazi salutes. Their presence has, according to the way the incident has been reported, tainted keen, and Deeming by association, which was too much for Deeming's leader, Liberal leader John Pasuto, who now says her position in the party is untenable. Quote, this is not an issue about free speech but a member of the Parliamentary Party associating with people whose views are abhorrent to my values, the values of the Liberal Party and the wider community. The Liberal Party I joined and which I am now honoured to lead must strive to represent all Victorians. Pasuto also accused Keane of associating with known Nazis and other racists. This afternoon, Deeming appeared on, or keen, I should say, on Yemeni's on rebel news, categorically denying the allegation, and said to, to Pasuto, I hope you have a good lawyer. She also said, Moira is standing up for the safeguarding of children. You're supposed to be conservative for God's sake, unquote. Well, there's another mystery about those Nazis at that rally on the weekend. It's arguable that Nazi salutes incite or encourage hatred, which is against the law in Victoria. So why didn't the cops arrest them? It's not as if Victorian cops aren't famous for their arbitrary application of the law when it suits them. Could it be that they didn't want to arrest the men because doing so would have revealed the men's true identities? Yet this is the hill on which the state liberal leader is staking his credentials as a defender of freedom. There is resistance to Pseudo's move in the party room and Deeming has said she will oppose the move to expel her. There's also some speculation that his leadership is now tenuous. But his resignation or departure would hardly be reassuring. At the risk of sounding nostalgic for the 1980s, Nazis were simply seen as sad losers back then. <clears throat> I hate Illinois Nazis. I hate them. I hate them. They still are sad losers. We just stopped seeing them like that. Similarly, Western civilization was seen back then as being the freest, (coughs) excuse me, as being the freest and most prosperous in history. It also still is. But fewer and fewer people in the West realize that these days. We won the Cold War last century by eventually convincing the Soviets that Western liberalism was superior, which it is. But in this age of Western narcissism and identity politics, nobody's buying it anymore. Well, that's all from me tonight. Thanks for watching. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at at Fred Paul, F-R-E-D-P-A-W-L-E, or follow ADH on at ADHTVAUS. And you can catch all the latest from ADH's rapidly expanding lineup, including Alexandra Marshall, Daisy Cousins, David Flint, Nick Cater, Lyle Shelton, and more by going to adh.tv or downloading our app. Or find us wherever you get your podcasts. ADH is the new home for common sense commentary, and there is no shortage of things to comment about these days. I'll see you again tomorrow at 7 p.m. Good night.